Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with CN Rail about the situation in BC. And up first in today's country comments, we'll have details on Friday's announcements regarding funding for Top Pigs Norseman Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The governments of Canada and Manitoba are investing $2.2 million in three agricultural research projects to be conducted by Topics Norsvin Canada. The projects will enhance the competitiveness of Manitoba pork producers by improving the precision feeding of sows and promoting higher animal welfare standards. Here's General Manager Cal McGavin. Topics Norsefin Canada is very pleased with the support provided by both levels of government to our projects here in Manitoba. The first phase, called Delta, and the second phase, yet to be named and currently under construction out in the Plumas area of uh, western Manitoba, represent an investment by our company of close to $50 million in the province of Manitoba. These projects will also generate additional um, employment for 35 people in in this province. The grants are very helpful, of course, to fund in infrastructure, but also provide ongoing support for applied research, utilizing students and staff, as uh, Minister Eichler mentioned, from, from the University of Manitoba. We have an excellent um, collaborative arrangement with the University of Manitoba, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's helped us further some of the research projects that we're working on today. As a company, we take our responsibility very seriously to breed and select pigs that can comply with future housing systems and market demands. These nucleus farms produce state-of-the-art genetics to supply Manitoba, to supply Canada, but also the rest of the world. Canadians and Manitobans are actually quite good at breeding pigs. We have the right mindset, we have the right knowledge, we have the right skills, we also have the support that we need to to run world-class breeding programs. Also, the International Airport in Winnipeg makes it possible for us to transport pigs and semen to every country in the world. Topics Norsefin has a commitment to sustainable pork production and the welfare of our pigs. The government support announced here today will help us achieve that goal. That was Cam McGavin, General Manager with Topics Norsefin. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler also spoke during the announcements. As we know, the agriculture and agri-food sector plays an essential role in the lives of Manitobans and is vital to our economy. Through the Canadian Agriculture Partnership, otherwise known as CAP, we are creating a modern and prosperous sector focusing on sustainable growth, innovation, and competitiveness. Building a strong research and innovation culture in Manitoba will also attract new investment to our province. We see it happening already with protein processing from plant and livestock sources. I am very excited for Manitoba to have Topeaks Northern Canada establishing a new multi-million sow research development facility in Westlake Gladstone area. The facility will set the stage for long-term research capacity building. It's important towards enhancing environmentally sustainable pork production in Manitoba. I'm also pleased through the CAP program, uh, the federal government and Manitoba government are investing $690,570 in this project with Topigs. 
The project will generate high-quality data that will serve and assessed for further research by students and faculty members with the University of Manitoba. Manitoba is developing an international reputation as a center for pork excellence, for research, for development in swine genetics, and pork production. I want to highlight some additional projects with toe pigs, one of which was funded in the amount of $1,493,500. The project aimed to improve the competitiveness and sustainability of pork production. CAP also approved a champion research project for funding in the amount of $53,200. The project will help accelerate agriculture innovation will also promote and acknowledge transfer to producers. In closing, our government is pleased to support the work of our producers. This has strengthened that sector, no question about it. It is great investment for Manitoba's agriculture future. That was Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Canada's acting chief plant health officer, David Bailey, has announced measures to prevent the spread of potato wart from Prince Edward Island. Potato wart was first detected in PEI back in the year 2000. On October 1st and 14th of this year, the CFIA Charlottetown Laboratory confirmed the presence of potato wart on two different PEI farms. This follows previous detections in 33 fields across all three PEI counties since 2000. On November 2nd of this year, the movement of seed potatoes from PEI to the U.S. was suspended. A ministerial order has since been put in place to control potato wart and mitigate risk to prevent the spread of quarantine pests. The order restricts the movement of seed potatoes from PEI and introduces new risk management measures for PEI table stock and processing potatoes. The CFIA has suspended the movement of fresh potatoes from PEI to the U.S., which includes table stock potatoes and processing potatoes. The suspension does not apply to processed potatoes, such as frozen products. Canada's railways are continuing efforts to re-establish the network in B.C. David Shenovic is the Assistant Vice President for Grain with CN Rail. Right now, grain loads going into the Port of Vancouver, along with all kinds of other traffic, are staged along our line. Of course, we have empty hopper cars and all kinds of other equipment that want to come up from the Port of Vancouver. That traffic is staged and, and standing now as well. So at this point, there is no movement in that lane. You know, the extent to which the supply chain will be able to recover is going to depend on the duration of the outage. And the governments of Canada and Manitoba are investing $2.2 million in three agricultural research projects to be conducted by Topig's Norsvin Canada. The projects will enhance the competitiveness of Manitoba pork producers by improving the precision feeding of sows and promoting higher animal welfare standards. Here's General Manager Cam McGavin. The first phase, called Delta, and the second phase, yet to be named and currently under construction out in the Plumas area of uh, western Manitoba, represent an investment by our company of close to $50 million in the province of Manitoba. These projects will also generate additional employment for 35 people in this province. A key element of the strategy includes using innovation to grow livestock herds for animal protein and new acres for plant protein, while ensuring Manitoba remains a strong environment for investment and is responsive to the needs of producers. Funding is provided through the Canadian Agricultural Partnership. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute.
Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire from Monday, November 22nd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get an update from CN Rail on the flooding in British Columbia. Canada's railways are continuing efforts to reestablish the network in BC. David Shednovic is the Assistant Vice President for Grain with CN Rail. We spoke on Friday. So just to take a step back, uh, our uh, mainline disruption on the CN Yale and CN Ashcroft subdivisions occurred uh, early this week. Uh, we have been making progress on restoring those two subdivisions between Kamloops and Vancouver. We have cleared and repaired the track between Boston Bar and Vancouver, and we are working our way north on restoring multiple locations between Lytton and Falls Creek. So the work left to be done is on the CN Ashcroft sub. Uh, due to the, the dynamic nature of the situation, especially considering that this is still an active slide area, we don't have an estimated reopening time as, we're, as we speak here on uh, Friday afternoon. We anticipate that the outage is going to be going into next week at this point. And as I mentioned, there's still active land and rock slide locations, so we're monitoring the situation very closely. Uh, CN is working around the clock to get this uh, disruption uh, back uh, into uh, service. And at this point, as I mentioned, we do not have an ETA on when the track will be made passable. Has there been uh, derailments? Uh, yes, there were... Um, there were uh, de- now there of course <clears throat> in the line between Kamloops and Vancouver, uh, CN operates on uh, CN and CP both operate in that neck of the woods of course uh, up and down the Fraser Canyon. CN and CP between Kamloops and Vancouver operate their own respective lines like it's stretch a double track so that on one line CN and CP run down and CN and CP run up on the other uh, on the other line. So it's like you got to stretch a double track in that area. There were derailments on both uh, the CN line and on the CP line. So as we work through the disruption here, uh, those are addressed as well, of course. Wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the, the green uh, cars. Um, can you talk about, you know, what's, what's sitting there? Well, right now, grain uh, loads going into the Port of Vancouver, along with all kinds of other traffic, are staged along our, uh, along our line. Of course, we have empty hopper cars and all kinds of other equipment that want to come up from the Port of Vancouver. That traffic is staged and and standing now as well. Um, So at this point, there is no movement in that lane. And, um, you know, the extent to which the supply chain will be able to recover is going to depend on the duration of the outage. So, you know, if this goes on longer, there will be that much more traffic that wants to move in that corridor. And unlike the, uh, you know, what is typically the case, this being a very exceptional circumstance, and of course it's the both the CN and the CP main lines that are presently uh, not in service. So typically that directional running zone, you know, if, if one line goes down, you can always move traffic on the other line up and down, but of course that's not the case right now. Is it possible that some of those could be rerouted to, say, uh, like a, a port like Prince Rupert? or? Yes. And, and, of course, the, uh, you know, the thing to think about there, of course, is that you know, year over year, of course, due to the impact of the drought and other factors, grain volumes overall are, are uh, significantly lower compared to the same time uh, last year. So there is capacity to move more grain through the port of Prince Rupert, whether that is for bulk vessel shipment or for transloading into containers. Both of those things occur there. Uh, grain volumes into Prince Rupert have been... 
roughly half of what they were or less compared to the same time last year of the past number of weeks. But you also got to take into account that you can't just immediately flip things from one port to another. There are boats waiting in Vancouver that are taking multiple cargo, multiple commodities on them. Some of those commodities aren't really suitable um, to, to run through, uh, say, Prince Rupert Grain Terminal. There tends to be a, a different product mix up there relative to what runs through Vancouver. So I guess the extent to which grain is, uh, is rerouted to Prince Rupert will depend on the duration of the outage. And uh, David, I guess talk a little bit about um, how this will impact the uh, the winter plan. You know, um, grain movement during the winter. You know, we're already we are already into winter, of course, here in Western Canada. We have been current to demand up until this point. We don't know what the extent of the duration of the outage is going to be. So, as I mentioned earlier, that that's really going to dictate how fast the supply chain re- can recover. Even when the line is made open, it's not like all of a sudden. You're going to be able to get back to, to running uh, um, as if all the traffic is going to clear up. It's going to take uh, quite some time to work through that. <clears throat> At the same time, thinking about the the uh, grain handling uh, capacity of the supply chain, the uh, the demand for grain movement has been far below what the supply chain can handle on a sustained basis. Um, so when we do get the recovery, that's one factor to consider here too. Any, any possibility that... Um some of those cars could end up going east to, to Thunder Bay? Well, I, I think that would be a, a question for the, uh, the line companies to answer, but, um, you know, the, uh, the traffic, and there, there is traffic moving to Thunder Bay. That tends to be a very different uh, mix of destinations relative to uh, what goes off the West Coast, but uh, I guess we will see as the situation develops what might happen there. That was David Shenovic. He's the Assistant Vice President for Grain with CN Rail. We spoke on Friday about the flooding situation in British Columbia. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association's Agricultural Excellence Conference is being held virtually November 24th to the 26th. The theme is the challenge of change. Register on the MFGA website. Canada's Outdoor Farm Show is hosting an online event December 1st entitled What a Year, a Celebration of Egg Innovation. You can check it out at outdoorfarmshow.com. The Farm Forum Learn and Grow event happens virtually this year, December 7th. Visit the Farm Forum website for details. Keystone Agricultural Producers is hosting its annual district meeting December 7th from 6.30 to 8.30. This will be done virtually. Go to the CAP website and the Canadian Forage and Grassland Association's annual conference is planned for December 14th to the 16th. That'll take place online. Go to canadianfga.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, Manitoba Canola Growers is seeking members to stand for election to the Board of Directors. Jack Fraze is one of the current directors. Every two years, uh, Manitoba Canola Growers has an election for four directors. Uh, this year again, we are, are uh, having an election with, uh, with four candidates or four uh, positions open for, uh, for uh, filling. And uh, there will be at least uh, two new directors as... Uh, there are two uh, spots that are not being filled at the present time. Uh, one, uh, one of our members is retiring, and there's one of the seats is open. These are four-year terms? These are four-year terms, and uh, uh, nominations uh, can be found in, in digital or print form 
format on our website at canoeagrowers.com. The deadline for nomination is November 30th. And uh, uh, once the nominations are in and if there's an election, the ballots will be hitting the mailboxes in the middle of December. What are the duties of a director? Initially, there's uh, probably three board meetings annually. And then there's uh, two to three video calls annually with the, with the board. Uh, there's the annual general meeting, which uh, is usually held at Crops here in, in Winnipeg. Uh, then there's also participation in, uh, in two committees with roughly four video calls uh, during the year. And then uh, there's uh, opportunities for engagement, uh, depending on the level of, the, of uh, you, how, uh, how involved you want to get. There's lots of opportunity. You can be at the forefront of affecting change in the canola and uh, also the ag industry. And there's the uh, absolute, uh, um, you can always make a difference. And uh, this is one of those opportunities. What are the uh, requirements, you know, for someone to, to I guess, apply? Uh, basically, you're 18 years old. Uh, you have to be uh, a member in good standing with the Canola Growers Association. And, uh, and that's about it. Are there uh, different regions that uh, these positions cover or... We, we do not have uh, regions per se. We, it's an election at large for, uh, for, for directors. Uh, we are uh, missing uh, some uh, uh, representation in the uh, northwest region. It would be nice to have uh, a director come out of that region. But other than that, it's, it's uh, basically at large, and, uh, and whoever is interested in getting involved in the, in the canola industry, there's uh, the opportunity. And uh, Jack, talk about your your uh, time as a director. Well, I uh, I was very involved, and again, it's, uh, you can get involved if you want, and you don't have to necessarily. Uh, but for myself, I uh, I got involved, and I uh, got involved uh, at the uh, Canadian canola growers uh, level, and that's the opportunity that is also there for for any director. We appoint a director to the Canola Council of Canada, and two directors onto the Canadian Canola Growers Association. And for myself, uh, I became chair of that organization, and it gave me uh, many opportunities to uh, to represent canola growers, uh, uh, both nationally and internationally. Gave opportunity to uh, travel to Japan, where we have consultations with our Japanese uh, counterparts. They are major buyers of our product, and uh, and it gives us a chance to uh, have a back and forth on how we grow the product and how they consume it, and what uh, what kind of uh, uh, canola they would like to see, uh, what kind of product, what kind of uh, dockage levels, what kind of oil content, and, and there's many other components to it. You can also get involved at the Grain Grower of Canada level where you can represent uh, Canadian producers on the, on the national scene. We are involved in, uh, in many other areas like Grow Canada, CGC symposiums. We uh, can attend CropSphere in Saskatchewan or FarmTech in Alberta, CropConnect Manitoba, uh, working with Advancing Women in Ag. There's Canadian Agri-Food Policy Conferences. And uh, uh, there's also, uh, you know, other other uh, areas where you can get involved. It's uh, a matter of leadership development, which is uh, very important to us as canola growers, uh, to gain an understanding of the inner workings of the canola industry. And uh, that way we can... Uh, Work your network with uh, fellow farmers, agronomists, industry researchers, crushers, exporters, uh, and uh, 
national canola sector representatives and government, among others, you know, that uh, you'll be involved with in setting direction for the canola industry. You're a director currently? Yes, I yeah. am. I have got two more years left, and uh, uh, you can serve three, four-year uh, terms, and I've got uh, two years left on the, on my last term, so there will be more opportunity for somebody else in two years' time. But uh, it's uh, it's very good uh, to get, if we're anybody that's at all interested in getting involved in an organization, here's a great opportunity and uh, gives you, can give you so much insight into into the industry. You It, it can be time commitment, if uh depending on, uh, on your level of engagement, like I said. But there's also many rewards and benefits from doing it because you're at the cutting edge of uh, where decisions are made in agriculture. And again, uh, to apply, I guess, just go to the website? or Yeah, go to the website or contact our uh, canola growers office in Winnipeg and they can, uh, they can help you out or get you the nomination papers, but they are online on our website. That was Jack Fraze. He's a director with the Manitoba Canola Growers talking about their upcoming elections. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Nine Canadians were officially inducted into the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame Sunday night at a ceremony in Winnipeg to showcase 2020 and 2021 recipients. The 2020 inductees are Jay Bradshaw, James Halford and Dr. Brian Harvey and Dr. Douglas Headley. The 2021 inductees are Gordon Bacon, Dr. Don Buckingham, Stan Eby, Joanne Ross, and Dr. Phil Williams. The Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame Association honors and celebrates Canadians for outstanding contributions to the agriculture and food industry. Top Pigs Norsvin Canada will be receiving $2.2 million from the governments of Canada and Manitoba for three agricultural research projects. The projects will enhance the competitiveness of Manitoba pork producers by improving the precision feeding of sows and promoting higher animal welfare standards. Here's General Manager Cam McGavin. The grants are very helpful, of course, to fund in infrastructure, but also provide ongoing support for applied research utilizing students and staff from the University of Manitoba. We have an excellent collaborative arrangement with the University of Manitoba. It's helped us further some of the research projects that we're working on today. Topics Norsvin is establishing an over $30 million research and development facility in Plumas, Manitoba to be completed by the end of 2022 and is aimed at sow management. Funding is provided through the Canadian Agricultural Partnership. And grain loads going into the Port of Vancouver are staged along the rail line with little movement happening. David Shenovic is the Assistant Vice President for Grain with CN Rail. He says the Port of Prince Rupert could be another option. You know, the thing to think about there, of course, is that, you know, year over year, of course, due to the impact of the drought and other factors, grain volumes overall, are, are uh, significantly lower compared to the same time uh, last year. So there is capacity to move more grain through the port of Prince Rupert, whether that is for bulk vessel shipment or for transloading into containers. Both of those things occur there. Uh, grain volumes into Prince Rupert have been roughly half of what they were or less compared to the same time last year of the past number of weeks. But you also got to take into account that you can't just immediately flip things from one port to another. Shednovic says the situation in BC is unusual because both the CN and CP rail lines are down. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show... We'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo 
on the potato situation in Prince Edward Island. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.